Welcome back to Exquisitely Aligned, where we empower you to be your finest self and live life on your terms. This way you can enjoy a more fulfilling, richer, deeper relationships, and just a better overall experience and become exactly what the world is missing today. Today, I cannot believe it, but across from me and across the country is one of my nearest and dearest besties. And so I'll introduce you to her. Her name is Michelle Schmidt, coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, where I used to live. But we met all the way back in New York, in Manhattan. So with almost two decades of teaching experience, Michelle Schmidt is a yoga therapist, yoga teacher, meditation teacher, yoga mentor, trainer for new instructors and offers continuing education. She teaches both in person and online classes in slow flow, restorative, gentle yoga, yoga strength, meditation, yoga nidra, one of my favorites, and myofascial release. She also leads TRX and TRX yoga group trainings. I do know her well enough to know that she does sleep and eat, but you can see <laughs> she is a busy woman. Michelle specializes in working with students who have muscular skeletal pain, pain that affects the muscles, tissues, tendons, ligaments, and bones, as well as the psychological effects of living with chronic pain, which I know all too well, stress, anxiety, and depression. Students have seen a decrease in their pain response. I'm gonna repeat that again, okay? <laughs> Students have seen a decrease in their pain response, anxiety, and stress level. We're talking about without drugs. I mean, this, she is so gifted. As I'm saying it, I'm getting goosebumps. An increase in mobility, flexibility, strength, balance, and experience more restful, nice sleep. Again, we're talking about naturally, she's not dosing them up with drugs. She's not pinching them with a needle. It is all natural. Off her, off her mat, you can usually find Michelle making something, sewing, painting, jewelry, making anything crafty. I will also tell you, like me, she likes to paint the house. Okay. She also loves being outside in nature, walking, which I miss our walks together, canoeing. I definitely miss paddleboarding with you too. In the last few years, as so many others have, she enjoys working on puzzles, which I don't. She, all, she and her husband are empty nesters, newly empty nesters, I'm going to put in there. But soon we'll have their hands full with the arrival of two new kittens, which means I need to make a trip back to Charlotte, North Carolina to play, not only with you, my best friend, Michelle, but with these new kitties. So welcome. So happy to have you here with us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, Michelle, you and I have some things in common, which they may not know, is that we, well, we started in New York together, right, in the fashion industry, right. which sometimes feels like yesterday, but other times it feels like a totally different lifetime ago. I don't know. <laughs> and and um, and then you moved before I did uh, mm -hmm. to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I don't even know how many years later it was that I uh, ended up there myself. Also, I think it was still just a year. very close. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to think. It it it's so long ago I can't even remember. So about a year, and um, 
there, we became, in my opinion, better friends. I got to know you much, much better. And our lives have mirrored each other in ways. You you marry, although I'm older than you by a few months. <laughs> a little bit. Same, same year, thankfully. But um, you married ahead of me. And then your son is two years older than mine. Your daughter is two years older than uh, and then mine. And, um, we started yoga school together, but way back when our first mm -hmm. teacher training. So I want to ask you today, I want to discuss there's, I mean, I was thinking this could be a mini series. <laughs> you have the right. You're like, Oh my God, I signed up for one episode and now she wants me on a mini series. And I think we have to tell your husband, the mini series has to be filmed live here in yeah. California. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll just have to make sure we make that happen. But um, today I'd love to touch on yoga, its healing, you, what you've seen, how it's changed your life. I know it's definitely has changed mine, even though I'm not um, teaching classes anymore. I still like to use it in my one-on-one -on -one work um because there's it's it's like a for me i would describe it as a new way of living and being but what give it a voice how did yoga like what drew you to it at first well i started um over 20 years ago i was a uh, newly new mom and had lots of aches and pains like most new moms do from holding a baby breastfeeding you know, you're more concerned with them sleeping than your own physical state right if they just stay quiet so you end up in these shapes and don't want to move for fear of waking them up so uh you end up suffering uh, that's one thing yoga teaches you right how to, how to get out of that suffering so i did start yoga. somebody recommended it and i started um that first class you know it's so hard just to get there as a new mom you got to pack them up take everything with you um you know you get there i didn't even make it through the grounding and the grounding if you haven't done yoga before is the beginning first few minutes where you're really just connecting that you're there and finding your breath and I didn't even make it through that and they came in and you know they have free child care and they came in and said you're gonna have to come we can't calm them down you're gonna have to pick them up so I didn't you know what I didn't even know I didn't even know yeah. that or I don't even remember that I guess you know I, mean, I, don't, we think were, I don't think you were with me at the time I knew I wasn't because I wasn't living close enough at the time but yeah. I, yeah what a shame but it's it's true like you know getting there that first class with or without kids is can be intimidating and then yeah all of you, what you went through. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, having somebody come in and say, you gotta pack up and everybody's quiet with their eyes closed at the beginning of the class. And you're trying to quietly get every all your stuff together and get out the door. Um, so that was my introduction to yoga, but I did keep coming back. And each time I got to stay a little bit longer, um, he was doing a little bit better with the, the, the childcare and I was able to make it through a class or two and quickly saw a change you know, my physical body, my, my posture was better. Yes. I was more aware of how I was holding myself and holding him, um, giving myself support with pillows when needed. So really just taking better care physically. Um, but it, I slept better. I was calmer. You know, there's so many other benefits than just that physical, which is why I kept coming back. 
practice. Um, and then I, we were trying for many years after having our son to have a second child, and we had lots of infertility issues and testing, and I continued to do yoga, which was invaluable during that time, just for the stress and anxiety of, um, you know, a monthly cycle was hard as it is, and then you're adding all these extra drugs into your system to try to stimulate more eggs and yeah. um, we, we ended up going through IVF uh, twice and um, you know so through that whole time I luckily had the yoga practice um, as a support as a support yeah. for the anxiety of it all and the stress of it all and sometimes that disappointment of I'm not mm-hmm. pregnant you know so there and I think that I love that because not that I love that you went through that let me clarify. Mm-hmm. I love that you gave that a voice, Michelle, because there are so many things in life, whether we're applying for a job or we're planning a wedding or planning a child's wedding or, mm-hmm. or dating or marrying or divorcing, you know, where we have these ups and downs. And I think that, you know, I think I know you and I are on the same uh, wavelength when it comes to being able to handle those things without self-medicating with a bottle of wine or um, now I do like a glass of wine, right? But, (laughs) but, you know, without saying I'm going to drink a whole bottle of wine to wash my worries away, or I am, I want to live on Tylenol or ibuprofen or whatever, Mm. um, you know, things like that. So one thing that popped into my head that I want to give voice to is you were talking about pillows and propping ourselves up and making sure Mm -hmm. our our alignment is, is ideal. And I remember when I started yoga, I felt like I came from a desk where I was hunched over, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was also in fifth, sixth grade, I remember being one of two of the tallest girls in the class and and not quite being so happy about it. I mean, eventually other girls passed me up in high school, but I remember feeling like I kind of stuck out. Look at me now. I wear my hair standing up, so I gain another inch and a half, two inches, depending on what week it is. But, um, but you know, I, I, I see oftentimes teenagers who will... Uh, uh, female teenagers often usually oh, is. Even, even males now just because yes of yes and computers yes and that th- so that's what i wrote down was computers sitting over a computer tech neck yeah. um i mean see i told you this could be an entire series <laughs> of, <laughs> of episodes but so i love what you shared about what you noticed and how it helped you um mentally uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about spiritually, too? Because I know that uh, you and I are uh, on the same wavelength with that, too. Yeah, and it, it it helped in other areas as well, like you said, spiritually, emotionally. Um, you know, we we tried IVF several times. We were not successful at all, and they said it would probably not work. They said I probably would not have another child. Um, so it was about letting go of a preconceived notion of what you think your family is going to look like, you know, and, and deciding that it's a time not to do any more harm to yourself and go down this path of keeping trying different, different things. Um, Because we had the option after IVF, we could have got a surrogate, we could have went through adoption, but there's so many, like you said, ups and downs and disappointments and, 
you know, we just came to the realization that that it was enough, you know, it was enough stress, anxiety, and we just wanted to move forward. So, you know, yoga teaches you about uh, letting go and not harming and not clinging to an ideal of what you think your life should look like. Yeah, repeat that one more time, because that is so, that is a message that is, um, I mean, I adore you. And uh, one of the things I'm so blessed to have you as a friend, because you're always so profound. And that is such a profound statement. So I'll let you say it again. You don't have to repeat it exactly. But the concept of yeah. What we, yeah. what you we have teach. a certain ideal of what your life is going to look like, whether it's, you know, marriage or kids or career, it can be anything. In this case, it was a family and you have to let go of clinging to it and just accept mm-hmm. what you have. Um, mm-hmm. So we did that. We um, we gave we, by then we had a four year old, almost four year old. So we gave away a lot of the baby stuff. And a few months later, without any intervention, uh, I was pregnant again. <laughs> yes. And so you totally let go, totally yeah. freed yourself. And, yeah. and I would, I'm going to add a word that, that I, I feel like needs to be said. I feel like you were also extremely grateful, you know, yeah. for, for your husband, for your son, for your gorgeous cat at the time, you know, for you, for the lifestyle you lived. Yeah. I always have known you to be super positive, super grateful, super giving. And, um, you know, I think it being in that place and letting go the way you did is exactly why you have your beautiful, talented daughter as well as your uh, handsome and very gifted and talented son. So um, kudos, I'm clapping for you. And one thing it brought up for me is, you know, I had this ideal of what my health was going to look like for the rest of my life, you know, and interestingly enough, I had a conversation with Mark recently after my shoulder replacement. And he's like, why do you always feel like you have to be 110% healthy? And I said, I'll tell you why, because at a very young age in our marriage, you know, very young time in our marriage on our 10 year anniversary, I moved him out of the house, as you know, because you were there to support me. Um, to receive a kidney and a liver, uh, you know, thankfully 39 days later, but on our 10 year anniversary, I didn't know how long it was going to take. And at that point, it was in my mind that I was like, I'm going to eat right, think right, you know, get even deeper into my spirituality. I'm going to, you know, um, make sure I am strong. I am healthy. I am, you know, just everything that um that that would look like and then you know 2019 i had an accident and it all went downhill now i have a bionic hip left hip and right shoulder you know a newly right shoulder that's still not awake yet we're working on it again on friday at physical therapy but it is i had to let go of all those ideals that i was going to be because i had a sick husband I had to take even better care of my health. Uh, And when I say health, body, mind, spirit, soul, however you want to keep it, call it both. Because, you know, um, and I think when we're, um, you know, having our family, it's like we as women sometimes feel like it's our issue. It's our, 
you know, because we are this, you know, mighty person who gets to carry a baby for 40 weeks, you know, (laughs) and all day long, there's no time that you get a little break, like, oh my gosh, it's hurting my back. Here, let me give you the baby, right? No, it's 40 weeks of nonstop, you know, being uh, tickled in the throat, tickled in the belly, you know, feet coming out, head pushing, hands pressing, you know. Um, it's all good if you're considering yeah. getting pregnant. It's all wonderful, but it is uh, it is a commitment, and right. I love that that you shared such a um, personal, you know, uh, story because the transformation there is profound, and and the the you know, the basket instead of the pot of gold, the basket with Keely at the end of that rainbow is even more brilliant, you know? Um, What about, let's talk about your students, like from, you know, on the mat, you know, 20 years ago till now, like the, the, I was thinking about it for myself and I thought, you know, in the beginning when I was teaching, I remember people coming in with injuries, like runners, Mm-hmm. saying, my friend said, I need to take yoga. My doctor said, I need to take yoga, you know? Right. Um, and and that was fun to watch them transition into more of like, oh, wow, it's not just for me to get a stretch, you know? There's, mm-hmm. there's gift beyond it. But what have you noticed and what do you, you know, what do you want to give a voice to? Because you have yeah. so much experience. I think um, with the some of it may have to do with the classes I was teaching then versus the classes I'm teaching now. So 20 years ago, I was teaching, you know, vinyasa power as a new teacher. I taught prenatal yoga for a long long time, which was fabulous. Um, So I did have, like you said, people coming in that um, were runners or, you know, the weekend warrior that would come in and then, you know, have issues with their body that they were looking to strengthen or stretch. I find um, nowadays there's more people coming in with the mental. So it's stress, anxiety, uh, problems with sleep. So it's kind of shifted. I mean, they still have those other aches and pains too, um, but it's, you know, a lot of the mental as well. And like I said, now I'm teaching a little bit differently. I'm not doing the power and the fast and the flow. I'm doing, you know, the restorative yoga where you're holding the poses and the yoga nidra and meditation, um, which, you know, is a little bit maybe different students, attracts different students. Mm -hmm. Um, But the same with my practice. I mean, I I think in the beginning, the same with you, you know, you're trying to learn all the poses. You want to, uh, you know, uh, do all the arm balances, all the inversions. (laughs) I got that one. Show me the next one. That's kind of the way you feel in the beginning when you're practicing like mm-hmm. you're trying to, um, you know, increase, increase what you can do, what you can do with mm-hmm. your body, which is fun at right. a young age, right? right. At a capable, a young, capable age. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I just like to be able to lift my arm, but, you know. <laughs> and I think that's where the transition with the students I have now, um, it's about, like, what do I want to be able to do in five years? What do I want to be able yes. to do in 10 years? And how can I keep myself healthy and use my practice to enable me to do those things I love. And that is, you know, that is definitely where I'm at right now. It's not about, 
you know, competing. It was funny. I was in physical therapy the other day and um, the girl beside me is a professional dancer and you and I would have been, I I finally had to say something. I just couldn't stop myself. And of course my husband is right now my Uber driver because I'm not allowed to drive yet. But, um, and I thought he was going to yell at me, but luckily he had his head in his computer, but her pelvis was so far tilted forward as you can envision a dancer to be. And she had a problem with her calf calf muscle was so rock, like just tight. And I was like, there's so much pulling on the back of her leg because the tailbone is up. The front of the pelvis is down, you know, like we have to balance this pelvic bowl is, but of course I was there on the table receiving therapy. So it wasn't really for me to like, Hey, let's roll on a yoga mat. Let me show you a couple things in front of the mirror, you know, but I, I, I just found myself like, Ooh, I want to go help you. And I, at the end I had a little conversation with her and she's like, you know, kind of shrugged her shoulders at me. I'm lucky I'm 36 and I'm still dancing And what I didn't have the voice to say at the time, of course, my brain was a little slow at the moment, but I was thinking, you know, in my 40s, I was pretty fit teaching yoga, bar, Zumba, paddleboard yoga, paddleboarding, and had the body that I had hoped for. Of course, at that point, I thought I could lose five, 10 pounds. Now I (laughs) I would beg to have just five pounds on that body. I'd be happy, right? So it all changes. Um, especially after an accident, but everything in hormones um, and life and, and a pandemic and like the list goes on. But I was thinking to myself, had I had the time, you know, the clarity at the time, I would have said to her, that's awesome that you're dancing at 36 still. But mm-hmm. I would like to see you dancing at 100 because right. the likelihood that we can live to be 100 is much more likely than our great grandparents. Yeah. And I I would prefer to be doing the things I love. Now, I might not be Zumba dancing at 90, <laughs> 100, but I'd still like to be able to move and shake and, and you know, dance in a, in a different way, shape and form. And I just felt like intuitively, you know, the PT guy, he's a doctor of physical therapy. He was trying to get to her like, but you have to understand, like, you can't keep beating your body up. It's so to your point, kudos, you know, I'm drinking my hot tea, but cheers. Yes, I, I raised my mug to that because I think it's something we need to, you know, explain and express that, you know, even in your 30s, you want to think about how will you be in your 40s, in your 50s, your 60s, right. in your 80s? You know, all all those decades of of longevity and, you know, hopefully you are avoiding a hip and a, a shoulder replacement before you're 55, you know? Because let me tell you, as wonderful as these parts are, the surgery is not fun and the recovery is not easy. And it takes time at away. Like I haven't been on my mat in years because I just couldn't do down dog anymore. Plank. I couldn't stand in many balance poses because my hip was torn up. But um, uh, so with, let's do the mental health because that I think is a huge topic. I just interviewed a woman um, about that. And um, she had her own personal experience, but 
Let's talk about that because that shows up in many different, I, I want to say in many different like ways, shapes and forms from right. not feeling happy or feeling gloomy to um, not wanting to live another day or another hour. But, um, you know, what, what are you seeing and how are you able to help? Because I know you do. Yeah. Well, actually, I think May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know when this will be playing, but I think that, that yeah. this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, so I, with my um, most of my clients and in, in group classes, students, um, it's, I try to teach them techniques. I tell them like tools for their tool belt. I want to give you things you can use. And it's great when you do them with me in a class. Right. One on but I want you to be able to do them on your own. I want you to feel comfortable enough to be able to do them when you need them because, you know, you're practicing here with me. You might feel great right now. You might not be <laughs> depressed. You might not be anxious. Uh, you might not be stressed. Uh, you might feel fine in this setting, but um, you want to be able to use it when you need it. So we, we, breath work is like the number one thing, the biggest way to make a shift and a change in how you're feeling is to focus on your breathing. Just becoming more aware and pausing can make a big difference yes. during the day. Just stopping for a moment with what you're doing and taking some conscious deep breaths in and out. Um, so I teach them a lot of breath work to, um, to, to use off of the mat and their daily life, whether they're in the car and, you know, yeah. they're in traffic or um, they're trying to fall asleep at night. There's different techniques for different things, depending on what you have going on. Um, and then we also do like you love yoga nidra. We use yoga mm -hmm. nidra, a deep relaxation technique to um, help with, um, it can help with anything, but anxiety, stress, um, sleep. It's really great for sleep as mm -hmm. well. It can give you like a mini pick me up during the middle of the day, right. feeling depressed instead of um, or you're feeling tired instead of grabbing your uh, soda or your coffee. And caffeine, <laughs> or you can you can do a yoga nidra and, you know, yourself, you can you can uh, give yourself some energy just by that. So um, with most of my students, we're using the other aspects of yoga, not the asana as much. There is some asana mm -hmm. here. But yeah. there are, you know, that's one of eight limbs. And um, in, I think in the West, uh, there's a lot of focus on the asana, yes. on, the, on the, the physical postures. And um, people are, like you said, coming in to work out. They want to get a workout. They, even in a yoga practice, you've had it. <laughs> I know you have. They want to beat themselves up, right? You've gotten yeah. accidentally knocked over by somebody Yes, something when they, we were in a in a headstand yeah. before I because they weren't listening and I got kicked in the jaw. Yes, that is a one that I'll never forget. Somebody doing push-ups at the beginning of a yoga class, right during warm up. During the warm up, um, so people have the idea that it is you know exercise and they want to beat themselves up like they would in any practice. Um, yeah. But in the in the classes that I'm teaching now, we're kind of shifting more to self-care. How can I um, take better care of myself? How can I tune in to how I'm feeling? Um, not just the physical, but the emotional, yeah. the mental as well. I think, I think there's, um, in my opinion, right, I see oftentimes a huge disconnect in how we feel 
and and then us just thinking, oh no, I'm not going to feel that way. You know, like that's not a right, that's not appropriate, that's not yeah. acceptable. And I like to call it the one size fits all paradigm or life or world where people think, oh, Michelle, you're a mother of two, you should, you know, whatever, fill in the sentence, right? You mm-hmm. know. Um, I always use the example when Sonia was in kindergarten at her Spanish English school and I went to the holiday party. I was so excited to see these little, I mean, they were all so cute. You wanted to take them all home, but listen, <laughs> I, had to, I knew I couldn't take any more. Um, but I left the party all excited, like, oh, I got to meet her little friends. And she came home off the bus and at the dinner table announced that, um, that all the kids in the class agreed that I look like a man because I did not have the mothers are supposed to have long hair, you know, in, in many of her friends, um, especially the Latino families, mom had very long hair and, you know, we're talking what, 12 years ago may have changed, but beautiful long hair, you know, dark, luscious, shiny. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was funny by the time she was in middle school with the same exact children, <laughs> you know, your mom's a cool mom with the short hair, you know, and it was it was just so funny. I mean, how it changed. And I did that night at the dinner table. I even felt bad as a grown woman that, you know, I didn't fit in or I wasn't pleasing to these kindergartners who I found just so adorable. But um, I think that things like that can make us disconnect or feel like we have to be something we're not, which I love yoga, I think gives us that ability to realize any pose, whatever it is, or any breath work or any whatever is going to look different on you than it does on me because I have two bionic body parts and you luckily have all your native parts, but you know, also just the way we were born, we're different. And and it's a celebration of everyone's uniqueness, which is exactly what Exquisitely Aligned stands for. Um, so I love the fact that you brought that up about the mental health and being able to connect back to each, like I, I want to say, to each of those chakras, to each of those energy mm-hmm. centers, um, to each of those times in our lives, right? Because some of the poses are for uh, uh, grounding versus some are for uh, like the meditations that you do could be grounding or crown chakra. And um, there was one other thing you brought up that, oh, exercise, right. You were talking about, you know, here in America. So I'm going to make you laugh. I don't know if I told you, but I've had a few friends here tell me they practice yoga. So I was like, oh, that's wonderful. Tell me about the studio in the class. Because, you know, once I get all these things fixed on my body, you know, at the time, this was before I knew I needed operations to fix them. Here I was thinking, you know, all the uh, physical therapy, massage therapy, acupuncture, blah, 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 was going to fix it. But mm-hmm. they were telling me these classes are with rock and roll, loud music. Yes. And super high heat and moving yeah. fast. And so I I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like trying to en- envision this and I could feel smoke coming out of my ears, like oh, danger, yeah. danger, danger, you know, and like, where is the, where's the mind body? Where is the right. breath? Where is the peace? 
where yeah. is the uh, the ability to like go within mm -hmm. when you're being bombarded with pounding loud music with a heavy yeah. beat maybe not even the and heavy words sometimes right mm -hmm. versus like what you play because i've been to your class yeah. <laughs> so it was just it was just like oh is that california yoga like i walked away and I, I, <laughs> is it now yeah. Okay, that makes me want to, that's making me cringe, but, um, you know, I'm sure once I get this shoulder working again, I can find, uh, I think the studio around the corner will have some of the classes that I yeah. miss. But yeah, yeah, it's it's fascinating how we, I was going to say as Americans, but I think this happens in many other countries as well, see it as an exercise, but I love the fact that you were talking about, especially here in Mental Health Month, right, that it goes so far behind. For me, it wasn't the exercise. Well, for me, I would say it gave me strength because I had way too much flexibility, mm -hmm. um, dangerous flexibility. And now I've, yeah. I've learned through these surgeries why I had that. The bone structure wasn't there to hold me in the right space. Mm -hmm. place. But um Beyond that, for me, it was the spiritual journey. What about you? So coming into it, you know, what did, what did you see? Definitely. Um, it, the, I, I think we're talking before about how I started yoga. And I think we, yeah. I mentioned uh, that I was doing it when I was pregnant and then through in, uh, the fertility struggles. Uh, but I actually started teaching when uh, I was pregnant the second time. Um, yeah. I got certified to uh, help another instructor who was teaching the prenatal and really didn't have anybody to back her up. And um, during that time to practice when you're pregnant is just an amazing, uh, amazing gift. Um, you mentioned trying to, as women, we want to do everything, keep everything going, keep <laughs> juggling all those balls and don't let anything hit the floor. And we cook that way, even when something monumental, right? We're, we're mm -hmm. cooking another life and we feel like we still have to do everything else and keep everything else humming along. Um, so just that aspect of having a yoga practice where you are tuning in to what is going on and making a connection to another life inside of you. Like that's the only time that one body has two heartbeats, right? Yeah. And you are, you are, um, you're breathing for two. You're, you know, eating food and then breaking it down and nourishing two bodies, you know, your body is mm -hmm. doing tremendous amount without you having to feel like you have to, you know, keep the house clean and keep the, <laughs> the healthy meals on the table with no, no assistance at all. So right. it was really a, a, a spiritual connection. This is probably the first time of, of just tuning into, you know, that you've been given this wonderful gift of a, a life inside and, mm -hmm. You know, to nourish that light that's within you, because I think, you know, we talk about two heartbeats in the same body. I think of it as two lights, like a light at their heart, yeah. and a light at your heart um, at the same time. So that yeah. was probably the first uh, time really feeling through the practice of spiritual connection. Now, you know, I don't really want to be pregnant, but since I didn't get to do that, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, oh, I missed out on that. Totally missed out on that, because by the time... Uh, 
I started practicing. I already had Kai and then we adopted Sonia. So I didn't get to experience that. But wow, how magical that sounds. Now you're going to increase the amount of pregnancies. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out world. There's going to be another baby boom just because it came out of the mouth of Michelle Schmidt so beautifully. But it is it is true. And I think um one of the lovely things that yoga also taught me is, as you alluded to, is like what's really important. You know, uh, I like the 80 20 rule because I'm, I, I love math, always have. And uh, I think as our background as department store buyers, math was like at our fingertips all day long, right? Really large numbers, but um, dollars, dollar signs. But, uh, you know, I think that oftentimes, especially working with people, and I know it happens to you too, is that when they really look at, when you start talking about to them, the word I, the four letter word, I don't like, I tell the kids it's a curse word in this house, busy. Yeah. B-U-S-Y. I'm busy. What do you need? And I always say, don't ever tell me you're busy. Find, (laughs) you know, if I call you or text you, that isn't, or you walk into the house or into my office, I don't want to hear you're busy. Um, that we are, so many people are so overwhelmed, which I think that busyness can lead to the ment- some of the mental health stress mm-hmm. or some of that anxiety is I have so many things on my list, I'm never gonna get them done. Well, what's really important and you alluded to without asking for help, yeah. which I love because there are people in our world who will help us. And there are people in the world who need a job too, you know, like hiring it out, whether it be um, a child to be a a mother's helper or for you to have a date night and you have a babysitter um, or to walk your dog so you can sit in the yard and drink a cup of tea because your dog's pulling you around the neighborhood. I mean, I don't know. You know, your dog's not well behaved today. Um, But like finding, and the other thing I saw the other day was somebody walking the dog, but totally not paying attention to the dog. They were on the phone and like really having, you know, texting and, you know, and the dog was like, wait, I need to use this bush, you know, like, hold on. And the dog was being dragged. And I thought this poor woman is missing out on this opportunity to spend time with this, uh, you know, furry friend um, outside in nature, you know, maybe put the phone on uh, or leave the phone at the house, even put the ringer off and enjoy that 20, 30 minute walk and let the dog connect with you. Because I know for you, uh, having lost uh, a cat recently and bringing two new adorable ones into the house, you know, they, they enrich our house, you know, actually one of my acupuncturists said, do you have pets? I said, oh gosh, we have a lot of pets. At one point we had five, you know, now we're down to three, two dogs and an elderly cat. And he's like, oh, that's good. In Chinese medicine, animals bring um, health and and joy. And I was like, yes, they bring a lot of fur, but yes, more so <laughs> than uh, health, you know, health and joy because they do, I think, help with our mental health mm-hmm. and help relax us if we let them, you know, if we rush right by them, I don't think it works. But um, so I wanted to, you and I had a conversation over the phone prior to this uh, podcast today 
where uh, I was telling you about me personally, what I'm experiencing after this head injury four years ago. And then, of course, many people are experiencing similar things, I found out through talking with you, uh, with all your clients on the mat, and then someone else who does um, shamanic healing energy, another person who does uh, counseling. And I'm trying to remember if there was one other conversation. Anyway, three is enough, but... <laughs> But talking of right threes usually happen for me, but um, about energy centers that seem to be unhappy, blocked or miserable. And so I'd love to uh, discuss that with you. So I'm going to let you take it from here. You run with it. All right. Yeah, we had started the conversation. You were talking about your hip and um, I was I was mentioning that that is one of the energy centers, your second energy center in yoga. Uh, we call them chakras. There are other names if you're looking at Buddhism or Hinduism or, you know, um, Chinese medicine, they have different names. Yeah. But, uh, the second second chakra in yoga, which is right below the belly button, an inch or so below the belly button. And it's your seat of creativity, of the um, of expression, um, the, but really the first three, which are located from like your navel down are all about uh, the individual, your uh, survival, um, procreation, uh, creativity. And then when we get above that, we it's, it's about we, the heart is in the center, the heart is kind of the connection between the lower three and the upper. Um, so we were talking about your your hip, and I mentioned that that was connected with the the second uh, chakra. They all have a color assigned to them. Now the color is is a newer um, something that's been assigned in the last uh, 20, 30 years. So that is not from the ancient yoga text, but more of a um, ac- um, not an acupuncture, but a holistic Ayurvedic Ayurvedic. Yeah. Uh, comes from the Ayurvedic. So the the second one would be um, the color orange, and it's water. So fluid, mm-hmm. all about mm-hmm. the fluid in the body. And then you were mentioning you were having issues with the the, the fluids in your body, retaining water. Um, mm-hmm. So it's about creativity and it going with the flow. Um, so I've had quite a few um, students that have had hip and other students that have shoulders, some like you have had both. Um, and the second, the second chakra goes, um, they, they all can go together, but the second and yeah. the fifth, which is here at the throat, are pretty uh, intimately connected. So the throat is the fifth, and that has to do with not just your throat and your, uh, your, your voice and your ears, but it also goes down the arms to your shoulder and your hands. So and your thyroid, right? Yeah, your thyroid, yes. So, a lot so of you're hitting people. all the things that, uh, you know, that I was, that I personally have been experienced for the past four years. Yes. Right. Yeah. And the- and the fifth has a color to it. It's a it's a color blue, and and the throat is not just it's your. So the second is your creativity, but the fifth is how you express that creativity. Right. How you, how you voice it. it. How you not voice it. Right. You yeah. could you could be holding it in. You could be Correct. expressing it. Um, you could be um, afraid to say something can hurt somebody's feelings. You could be holding back sometimes and walking on eggshells. All that stuff. Is, yeah. Is so. Fifth. I like I like to say that that is um, I I call her Nora. Nora may be somebody who is always trying to be nice 
and people pleasing. And therefore she, you know, also may be living with somebody who could have narcissistic tendencies, who wants to be in the limelight all the time. And therefore she's the behind the scenes shining the light on them. And it, it doesn't always have to be a spouse. It could be a child. I mean, it could happen in a family of maybe three kids, five kids, whatever. There's one who's always in the limelight and then the other child feels like they have to suppress or keep hold within their truth. And then we talked a little bit before about this one size fits all paradigm where, you know, a woman of a certain age should. So then she might, you know, not what she really wants to say doesn't really come out because she's feels intimidated or, you know, doesn't want to be judged even. And um, yes. So uh, coming with Hashimoto's disease, right. Newly diagnosed, new shoulder, new hip. It was interesting. And so those of you who are listening, I told Michelle, let's not discuss this anymore. Let's make sure we talk about this in a way, in a format where we can share it with others because Michelle, you're seeing this also not just in me, right. but also on the mat with your um, clients. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I think some of it could be over the last few years. You know, we, we went through a lot, the pandemic. Um, there was quite a long time where we were, um, our mouth recovered <laughs> from here yes. down, right? Yes. No expression. Yeah. No expression. Yeah. And not when the person is is thinking or feeling. I mean, look at how babies respond, right? They respond based on facial cues, Mm -hmm. um, and you we couldn't see each other's face, and the face and everything was covered. And not being able to actually, you know, if you were in lockdown or whatever they had called it, I don't even remember because it was so not my cup of tea, Um, you know, not being able to to have a sense of community, being uh, held back and feeling alone. You really were, you know, uh, uh, cut off from, you know, wedding celebrations, huge birthdays and um, graduations. I know that happened in both of our houses. Um, and we're not alone in that. And and um, you were talking about before creativity, right? Mm-hmm. And expressing the mm-hmm. second and fifth. And those two happen when we're in our community. You know, you're able to laugh. You're able to smile. You're able to um, speak, you know, uh, meet like we used to for a walk and, and yeah. chat the whole time and connect on a deeper level. And, and therefore we were pulled away. Um, and you were talking about flow, which, you know, I'm a big proponent of being in flow. Um, and that definitely didn't feel like flow for me. It felt like stagnancy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, th- we were afraid to uh, get close to each other and talk. Yeah. You know, it, singing is another humming, singing, chanting. Those are all the fifth chakra. And uh, we were afraid to be close to anybody and really express yourself for quite I, a long time. And even yeah. now, 
people that for health reasons still are are having to wear a mask. So absolutely situation. And I mean, it's three years later and they're still when they're out in public, at least having I have people in class that still um, are wearing every once in a while a mask. Yeah. And it um, they just took away the mask mandate here in the um, in the hospital where I had my shoulder. But it was the Sunday after my surgery, which was on a Thursday. <laughs> so, you know, so if I bump into the wonderful nurses that cared for me overnight, I wouldn't probably recognize them yeah. because I never got to see their nose. I'll never forget my acupuncturist. Uh, when he took the mask off, I was like, oh, you have facial hair, you know, like, <laughs> and you do have teeth. Oh, that's lovely. You know, like people were, you took off the mask, you're like, oh, you have braces. Oh, you, you know, you lost a tooth, a little kid, you know, it's, um, it was just so uh, sh shocking, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, I, I, I thought I knew what you look like, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I had the surgeon come in the morning of the surgery just to check in. And, you know, of course, they got an initial which body part they're, they're mm -hmm. uh, replacing for you. So I had to get his autograph, like a tattoo on my shoulder. And when he walked in, he didn't have on his mask, but he had on his <laughs> surgical hat. Uh -huh. So I, I told my husband when he came in, I was like, who are you? You know, <laughs> And he's like, how are you? hey, Gina, how are you doing today? And I was like, still looking at him like, who are you? You know, and then it it took me a minute because I realized the questions he was asking me was, OK, he's my surgeon now. I've met him before, yeah. but totally didn't recognize him because his hair was covered and his, you know, nose, chin, jaw, cheekbones, lips were all exposed and his teeth. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I had to tell him in my follow-up, I apologize, Dr. Kassam. You know, I, A, I was like nervous. And then B, I hadn't seen you with your mask off, you know, yeah. like and for me, it was like overwhelming. Who are you with your hat on and your mask off? But mm -hmm. so what are, what are you hearing or either? What are you hearing people say if they give it a voice or what are you sensing besides the few things that we mentioned uh, could be going on or is going on? Um, I think it's just trying to get back to whatever a new normal is now. Um, you know, it's, it's a big change. I think in some cases we changed our habits. Um, yes. You know, we um, even myself, I, I will work out at home. I will practice yoga at home where before I did it at the gym. I still do it at the gym, too, but I do days uh, at home as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my shopping habits have changed. Everything yes. has changed. Um, and it's still an adjustment to kind of connect up with other people and yeah. make those social commitments. It's still, you know, it's still new after after a, year, a couple of years of being, um, for, for a year almost in lockdown and then gradually things being lifted. Um, yeah. So people are still adjusting. I still have students that will practice with me online that have not come back to an in-person mm. and it's three years later. Um, and, you know, we can do um, some social interaction when yeah. you're doing a class online, uh, but there's something about that in-person and face-to-face -face as well. Yes, I yeah. I agree with you. That's why I'm counting down the days till your yeah. visit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, 
of my students are older, um, yeah. so they may be living alone. You know, they're, right. they might be living alone. The spouse has passed away and, um, you know, they're not getting out much. They may be going to the grocery store. They may be getting things delivered. Right. We've made a yeah. lot of changes and we're not um, like you mentioned, busy, busy, busy. I feel like I used to run around a lot right. um, and I don't. <laughs> you can order mm-hmm. it and have it show up. Right. Right. Um, so it has it's changed a lot of way, the ways people people uh, interact and it's still, and even socially, I, you know, we're just starting to, you know, try to meet up with people and, and do things because it's, it, you know, people are committed to other things. Now they have, uh, uh, you know, kids doing sports like they always did or whatever else, but you know, their schedules kind of change and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do we make all this work? work. Some, some FaceTime, some personal time. Yeah, finding that balance. And so um, talking about having older clients, right, being doing things online. And I think also um, many people working from home. I know when you were speaking just now, I was thinking about even when I was still in Charlotte, I think the gas prices went up, not when they went up really high, but when they started going up. And I remember I used to just run out of the house for butter let's say I'm baking something and, you know, something crazy or go to deposit a check. And then all of a sudden it became like, no, I'm just going to make a loop when I go to teach. And then I take my class for me and then I'll go to the grocery store, pick up that butter, deposit the check and come home, you know? And it became like, okay, I'm spending more time in my house. And I have to tell you, I love my house. I know you love your house too, because it, it, Right. We we do. You are crafty, as you said, but or as I read, but we do make our house, our castle. And it feels like our um, sanctuary. It is our sanctuary. Right. Feel good. And that is that is part of being exquisitely aligned too. you want the energy of wherever you're going to support you, to support your dreams, to support your you mentally to support you spiritually, whatever, if that's a little corner of a room that you have where you like to sit in prayer, meditation, or just silence, you know, doing it, the yoga nidra. Um, But I wrote myself a note that working from home, I think can be a blessing and a curse in, in, in the sense of like Mark is right now in Dallas on business. He comes home tonight and I'm interested to see you know, if he's like energized, because I said to him recently, you know, Mark, you might, although we each have an office here in the house, you might need to get a, like a, we don't have, we work right around mm-hmm. here, but there are some places that have smaller, um, you know, he doesn't need a huge office. Yeah. He doesn't have people coming in. He's working by himself, but some place where he can get out. And I oftentimes tell him, you know, have a lunch Zoom call with your BFFs. You know, he's got yeah. one in DC who was our best man, one in Charlotte. He met after we were married, you know, mm-hmm. like find a way or go to the club and meet up with somebody here in the neighborhood just to, get out of the house. And, and I'm a people person, you know, that like, I, I, I love like, who's here? Who can we talk to? Who can we meet? Who do I, who haven't I seen? Who do I need to catch up with? And, you know, finding that way. And I think yoga also gives us that ability from a, a standpoint of 
balancing on the mat aligns with balancing our lives with mm-hmm. with joy you know not just that that hour hour and a half class that you taught is my only time to feel delighted blissful right. you know but to have that all day long you know mm-hmm. like i always say what what don't you like doing and if it's something you really don't need to do then let one of us in the house like we work as a team uh, fill in the gap, you know, who's really good at this, let them do that. And let the other person pick up the other pieces. We don't have roles where everybody that's a boy role, that's a girl role. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> especially when you have pets in the house and you have to clean a litter box or scoop the yard, you know, like we're not, we don't segregate them as a male, female, child, adult, but um, figuring out that balance and asking for help mm-hmm. and um yeah. and it, well, and it sure. kind of goes back to the beginning when I was talking about how I first started yoga um and using support when I was yes. you know, breastfeeding that's support for my physical body but sometimes we have trouble taking the other type of support right the emotional yeah support you know you taught for years you see students in a yoga class that are like nope i'm not using any props that's a crutch yeah. you know yeah it's not a crutch to support yourself right you don't have yeah. to be able to do everything yourself it is okay to rely on others and and get some support so physical support like i was using with yeah. an infant or you know emotional spiritual support whatever you need yeah, that just gave me goosebumps. I, I, you know, I'm like, yes. And it did go back to the beginning. It is. And that's, I think today, you know, I wanted to give a voice with your help because um, of the two decades worth of classes and experience and trainings and knowledge and passion and fire for this, for yoga is that it's, it, you know, it stretches people's body, it strengthens the body, but it also stretches our mindset. Mm -hmm. It stretches us in other ways, um, spiritually, if you're open to that. Um, It grounds us, keeps us, our feet firmly on the ground. I did an interview recently with Carrie Ann in London and, um, and she was talking about her dad always saying, Carrie Ann, head out of the clouds, feet on the ground, you know? And I was like, yes, but having our head in the cloud is so lovely. It's heavenly, it's divine. But if we can do both, you know, I'm not a proponent of head always out of the clouds. I think it's nice to be there. Um, it's a great, um, spiritually, it's fantastic, but also the vision, like from being open up. Opportunity. It's going to open opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally opens for me. Intuition opens uh, finding our um, inspiration from within instead of always having to look outside, you know, and yeah. having that bird's eye view of what's really important or what's really going on here. I'm in the middle of an argument. Is it really necessary or is it what are we really arguing about? Or maybe the person's in a place where they don't feel well. I was uh, privy to um, watching that from outside, you know, not being involved in the argument. But it was like, you know, somebody is really sick here and they can't, they're not thinking the way they would normally because they're, 
their battery is like beyond low. It's like running on fumes. So we can't, it's not worth having this discussion right now because the person you're just, that they were discussing with couldn't even comprehend, you know what I mean? Not that they were not mentally intelligent. No, they were just in their body was trying to heal. Right, right. Well, it reminds me again of the the energy centers. When you're communicating, um, the person that was trying to heal is probably working from those lower centers because they're concerned with I and survival. And the other person was probably communicating or receiving the communication from an upper center, from the heart or the head. And you, if you're not on the same level, it just doesn't go anywhere. Um, I don't remember where I read this before, but I always love this. They said, Let's um, say you made it up, Michelle. <laughs> I don't know who to credit for. I didn't make this up. But, you know, um, uh, if you throw a ball to somebody and you throw it high above their head, they have to put their arm up to catch that ball. If you throw yeah. a ball low, you have to put the lo- glove low to catch that ball. So if the person's communicating from the low, and you've yeah. got your love here, you're communicating here <laughs> here at the heart, you're never going to catch it, right? You have to, you can catch it and then maybe bring it up to you, but you have to meet them where they are or somewhere in the middle and then try to rise it up to where maybe you're speaking from the heart or the, the w- wisdom and intuition. Yeah, that's, I, I love visuals, you know that. So that's one I'm definitely <laughs> going to borrow, but I'm going to say it's from Michelle Schmidt because... <laughs> Because that's where I heard it from. But um, that's that is beautiful. Although, you know, um, I'm not always fond of balls. I know. I know. It was a little maybe we, maybe <laughs> we'll uh, I'll have to think about it. Soft kids ball. Yes, a very uh, like a yes, a dollar from the dollar store, one of the inflatable beach balls. That's how I use that experience. Not a hard, not a hard ball that fits in the size of your hand, um, because that's a not a good thing for me. Not a good match, but it's so true, and I think it happens so often. And I think that was one of the things yoga taught me, as somebody who loves to speak, is when to not speak. Mm-hmm. Like when there's a time where it's falling on deaf ears or like you're saying, that person can't take it in because right. their body is in, in, in I tr- I'm trying to heal. I'm trying yeah. to process. Yep. Yeah. You know what's going on. And that definitely was the case when, when Mark was ill some 13, 14 years yeah. ago of, you know, although I was, wanting to speak, I had to walk away and just, you know, if take that energy and turn it around. I didn't bury it. For me, I would hum or put on some music and sing, especially yeah. in the shower where nobody could hear me. <laughs> um, and the acoustics make me sound like Celine Dion, you know, yeah. or I, I sound great with Josh Groban, you know, those <laughs> kind of deals. But, um, you know, you you brought up humming and singing before and, and chanting. Right. Those are all wonderful, wonderful, uh, fabulous things. Um, is there anything else that you want to say before I, I draw a card, an opening to possibility card? Because there's so many. I mean, we have time, but is there anything else that came to your, your mind? Because like I said, I, I could do like a three to five, ten maybe series. <laughs> Uh, no, I, th- I think that, that we, we covered everything we, 
we're talking about covering for today. Yeah. yeah. So you have to come back. That's your official invite. I know I emailed you and told you this morning, hey, I had this brilliant thought in the yeah. shower that we could, this could be a total series, you and I, because there are so many things we could talk about that fit right in. So I am I am shuffling as best as I can, which is not the best, but it is as best I can. And I'm just going to... Um, you. I'm going to start now and you just tell me when to stop and I'll whatever hand, whatever my thumb is on, I will pull that card for you. And so whenever you're ready, go ahead and stop. Senses. <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down because that makes me laugh. Every time I pull a card, it always seems to be the right card yeah. for the conversation that we've had. So this definitely uh, works. Um, your five senses accentuate the, bl the bliss of life. And you can answer all or one of these or two of these, whatever you wish. How does smell enhance your taste? What role does taste play in nourishing your body? Which sense makes you mo most alive? Oh, wow. Um, gosh, which sense makes me most alive? Um, I would say I'm a vi big visual person. So, and I love to be outside in nature, but you know, then you're outside and you're smelling things and you're hearing things, <laughs> but I still, I would, I would have to say, uh, the the visual component of it um that makes me feel the most alive um i we did living your strengths together um, yes. ago in in charlotte and uh one of my i think it was one or two was a uh, learner yes learn and and a lot of that has to do with visual seeing something and thinking I could figure that out. I can figure out and how to you do. do that's and you usually do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, what, was first, what was the first question about oh, taste? Oh, taste. Um, hold on. I gotta pull it back out. But um the other thing about you that I didn't mention today is that I always, you know, you are a learner and that you do um the other gift that you have is that when you see something, you you usually are quick to connect like, Gina, you need to read this article or did yeah. you you know this person? Yeah. And that's that is such a, such a treat to be one of your friends, to be on the receiving end of that. Like I'm always like, wow, like she thought of me, I, you know, I something in the and, store and probably gotten in you tr trouble with your husband. Gina, this dress <laughs> would be perfect. I've had a time. <laughs> yes. And then the ones that were short and cute and tight, I was like, oh, Michelle should wear this because I can't fit into it. But um, so how does smell enhance your taste? Okay. How does smell enhance my taste? Um, well, I love to have scents going in the house. I'm a big believer in using the diffuser. Um, yes. And I have something going most days. So there's always, um, I like the flowery, but I, mostly, you know, fruity lemon, grapefruit, mm -hmm. um, the clean, fresh 
smells. And it's the smells that end up, you know, that translate to maybe a memory of, uh, you know, childhood when you had something delicious to eat. Because it seemed like as a kid when you're outside playing all the time and you come in all hot and sweaty, (laughs) whatever it was, was just, you know, the orange or apple just tasted so good. I don't know if it was you know, the, the, the vegetables and fruit were just fresher back then and or not, or if it was just a, from being a kid and being outside all day from, you know, dawn to dusk and you come in and you're like, oh, that taste, you know. So I think I, I definitely am a big proponent in smell um, and mm-hmm. having, you know, it can it can uh, change your mood. It can give you energy yeah. like your peppermints. It can soothe you like your lavenders, you know. You can go somewhere in the middle with your uh, I love the fruity smells, but yeah. No, yeah. that's that's perfect. I I remember after my head injury, I brought a glass of red wine, a, a brand that I keep in the house to my to my nose, you know, as I was going to take a sip and I realized I couldn't smell. Mm. And then I I tasted it and I realized I couldn't taste it either. You know, it was like, okay, now this. And I said to my husband, the the wine spoiled. And so he he takes it. He takes a sip. He's like, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, and then I tasted my meal and I was like, yeah, everything, everything is the same. So it was it was the first time. And actually, this that was after making these years after that. I I realized how much smell played into like what I was bringing to my mouth, but uh, I'm yeah. laughing because as you're speaking, I have a, a scented candle going. <laughs> it's, it's almost at the end of its life, but I too enjoy um, surrounding myself in, 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 I was going to say luxurious smells, you know, because they do uh, bring back, an emotion or in or inspire us to think or feel yep. a certain way, whether it be like we're on vacation or, you know, right. we're getting yeah. ready for date night, you know, whatever perfumey where it's like date night. I know one uh, woman, actually the owner of this company, um, she said she likes like sandalwood, which I think of like Mark because oftentimes he'll pick a uh, cologne that has mm-hmm. that smell in there. And she's like, yeah, I like the smell of my man. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I like the smell of women's perfume, you know? (laughs) So anyway, well, it has been a a great pleasure to be with you today and to give a voice to these, you're you're very welcome, to give a voice to these very um, current and important topics of, you know, our creativity and how we're expressing ourselves in our lives and being in flow with the, um, I want to say with, oh, the word just escaped me. I was going to say with what's around you, but that's not what I want to say, because I would prefer that using yoga, breath work, uh, mindfulness, meditation, all the things that you teach, Michelle, help us ground us and allow us to appear in our truth, the transparently, but being flow in flow with life, not with what's around us, because sometimes what's around us is utter craziness. Yeah. Um, you know, and at least in my experience, you could call it whatever you wish, but um, 
but sometimes what's around us coming in and bombarding our brains, our, our eyes as another visual person like you, like the news, um, the newspaper, the, uh, the news on the, on the mobile device, um, you know, could be the office could be so forth. So if you haven't, experience Michelle uh, at the bottom, you will be able to find how to connect with her on social media, also on her email website and so forth. And um, what she has to offer this world is brilliant. And uh, I always say kudos for sh for sharing your gifts and talents you know, acknowledging them first and foremost, and then sharing them in the way that you do, because you touch people's lives in a way that is so profound, um, you know, as friends like myself and, uh, and your clients on the mat. I know that what you do changes lives. And when you change one person's life, it changes 10,000 other people's lives. So um, kudos, thank you, and thank you. namaste, my dear friend. Namaste.